So I'm indifferently poking at a chicken Caesar salad while sitting directly across from me is Kathy probably only eats sunshine and unicorn farts that taste like candy, but have zero calories Hammond. She ordered some shrimp street tacos, but hasn't touched them. She undoubtedly only ordered them to sound urbane and special. We've been sitting in a silent sandwich in which the meat was our ordering from the waitress, who obviously was about to finally get a cigarette break before we got sat. If there's spit in my food, that would simply be the silver lining to the dark cloud of having lunch with Kathy. Goddamn, fucking she better explain herself, Hammond. She keeps opening and closing her mouth like a caught fish. I can't tell if she wants to fill that perfect little face hole with a bite of food, which would destroy my sun-slash-farts theory, or ultimately tell me what the fuck we're both doing here. She looks at the food, then me. Then the food, then me. She decisively makes up her impeccable mind. Her mouth opens again, and she takes a tidal breath. I'm not on pins and needles for very much longer. Or so I thought. Coming soon from the Shine Bright Approved Audio Division, a new thing called a podcast. Podcasts are a budding form of self-masturbatory communication where people record themselves in a vain hope of finding personal validation by talking about their own unique life experiences and publishing them on the Shine Bright Approved Audio Division's global infrastructure. Some content generators hope to monetize their products for financial wellness and fame. Some wish only to be heard. We at ShineBright fully support this platform for expression, but reserve the right to protect you from unpopular and uninformed opinions espoused by these podcasts. With that in mind, we proudly present the newest offering from one of our approved content providers, a past and proud member of the Bright Shiners, James Delphine. James has created a fantastic new podcast with a fresh new take on the Jekyll and Hyde relationship, inverting and subverting the classic duality relationship. In a mighty fine cup of spiders, Delphine reimagines what would have happened if Hyde created Jekyll instead. The charismatic but isolated Hyde character finds himself with a distinctly unusual monster, one that acts with reckless logic and becomes a socially better adjusted member of the community, but ultimately isn't real in any sense. James Delphine has created a charming narrative that not only explores what the life of a lonely and unaware tulpa means, but a hilariously subtle take where normal is just sideways from our comfortable world. In this world, the Jekyll character follows a revenge fantasy against its creator and finds out that its creator's death may have larger implications than previously thought. Now, of course, this is a world without Shinebright. More so, it's a world without Shinebright's Sensory Verification Unit, or SVU. Shinebright's SVU would have had covert agents quietly observing any and all psychically incursive personalities, earmarked for containment and elimination. A Mighty Fine Cup of Spiders paints a vivid and exciting picture, but let's be honest, it's just that. Fiction for fiction's sake is what the approved audio division is here for. While James Delphine's fantastic storyline is fun and nice, and could be considered a pleasant distraction from the nominal grind of your everyday life, we need to remind you of one thing. A Mighty Fine Cup of Spiders is a work of fiction, and any and all characters are made up. But not the kind of made up you think of. Fiction is a thing of reality, an offshoot. That may sound confusing, but we at Shinebright will clarify it for you. Shinebright's audio approval division only releases and promotes the most fictitious and informal content. 
If there was an uncatalogued tulpa harming our personal narrative in a podcast or otherwise, Shine Bright would have agents monitoring them over a casual chicken Caesar salad and or some shrimp tacos, for instance. And if you're wondering if the opposite of this podcast, a reality outside of reality, could become reality, that's why we exert control over fictitious realities. And this one. While I'm lazily grinding some grilled chicken with my molars, suddenly overly aware of how my tongue is just there to form words that some ancient culture decided the meanings of, and to move the chewed food ball around my mouth, Kathy, destroyer of worlds Hammond, is spilling her guts out to me. I'm watching her face, her body language, the tears shrink wrapping her emerald and golden flapped eyes. I'm watching her food just sit there, like it's a useless accessory. Kathy, revealing my secret origin, Hammond, is stammering and borderline blubbering about how she and I are connected. I'm so distracted by her being vulnerable and unguarded that I start zoning out on what she's actually saying. She's telling me everything I've ever wanted to hear, and it seems like my attention is clouded and purposefully pulled in a million different directions. I managed to catch some keywords, though. Chicken. Chicken. Wish. Wish. Everport. Sorry. Sorry. That last one catches me like a hungry prize fighter's punch. She just fucking apologized for something. Damn it! I stopped thinking about her food and my tongue and what kind of cigarettes the server smokes and forced myself to listen to her. She's almost openly sobbing in the middle of the restaurant and I interrupt her. Years ago, months ago, days ago, I would have truly and utterly relished experiencing Kathy. I'm sure her tears are the contents of the Fountain of Youth Hammond breaking down in front of me. This was everything I've ever dreamed of since the day we were born, since the night of the frog fog, and every day and night since. I had a weakened and near-broken Kathy finally would be the victim of my pure justice Hammond in the palm of my unassuming hand. And then it happened. Faster than a flipped switch, faster than a feeling or a thought or an urge, I asked her why she was sorry. I felt concern. She had turned me into one of her simpering sycophants. I wanted to protect her, and not in the way I had been protecting her from everyone or anyone except me. She stopped talking, mercifully, and gave us both a beat to collect our scattered collective thoughts. She said she was sorry for my existence. She said it must have been absolute torture for me to always be in her nourishing shadow. I didn't know she knew the word nourishing. She said if she could take that day back, the chicken wish day, she would. I asked her what she meant by my existence. She just blankly stared at me, and that's when the last of my mental racehorses crossed the finish line. All of her vague murmuring, and the bris, and the cops from the real SVU, and Sam, flashed across my brain, and I finally put all the pieces together. I don't really exist. Her eyes became full to bursting with what I assume are well-meaning tears, but they're lost on me all of a sudden. I don't really exist. Kathy, now my fairy godmother's son and unholy ghost Hammond, just fucked up my life again. If I'm not real, how am I sitting here ignoring my salad? 
How do I have a job and what could charitably be called a social life? How could I have successfully financed a Shine Bright brand, a dream's quiet fate upon waking, with the heated seats and the onboard Medusa plug-in? How can I be me without being me? The overwhelming loathing I feel almost dwarves the lethal level of existential dread that has washed over me. Almost. That bitch just told me she made me up, and I'm just as pissed as the last time she implied it. What does it all mean if I'm both accidental and non-existent? Does the SVU even have jurisdiction over me? Did all of Kathy just acquitted me Hammond's boyfriend's deaths count? If an unreal person justifiably kills several real people, does that constitute as a prosecutable crime? Kathy, I think she just pardoned me Hammond is just staring at me, looking, waiting, yearning for a response. She tells me she does not want me to become the next Eucharist, and I have another flashback to both the DeMonte's Briss and Brian's communion. This see you next Tuesday. This cunt. I was trying to be polite. She told me in not some uncertain words that the laws of this world, the next world, and Shinebright's world don't apply to me. The irony that a beaten Kathy puffy-dyed Hammond has set me free, with free being the operative and most important word, is not lost on me. The two things I almost overlooked when I stood up dramatically and walked out on Kathy, I have the validation I've been looking for for years from her Hammond, are as follows. One, the basic laws the Elder Gods, may their tentacles both protect and punish them, no longer apply to me. I am free of the constraints put upon man, beast, and anyone not made up. Hell, no human or inhuman laws could hold me, and besides, I would break any universal laws just out of spite. How's that for freedom, huh? And two, there was a woman dressed in a tasteful business casual dress and suit jacket, with sunglasses indoors, sitting at the table next to us that had a pocket recorder out. I only saw the recorder because when I stood up abruptly, I saw her scramble to stop the recording itself, and it seemed weird that someone would want to document my accidentally transcendental lunch with Kathy still hasn't touched her tacos regardless of it isn't Tuesday Hammond. I thought of the real SVU piggies combing the office to see if Kathy fucking Hammond created something, or someone, she hadn't realized, or if I had stalked and brutally killed eight people. I thought of all this and didn't care at all. Kathy, my inadvertent savior Hammond, had let me loose to explore a world that almost no one could know. A world with no rules. I thought of all this and didn't care at all. Kathy, my inadvertent savior Hammond, had let me loose to explore a world that almost no one could know. A world without rules. P.S. Bitch, I can only assume you had to pick up the tab after I left, so thanks for lunch! I Hate Kathy Hammond is written by Douglas Allen and co-produced by Kate Pumplin and Douglas Allen. It features the voice talents of Douglas Allen, Kat Archuleta, Howie Haig, Kate Pumplin, and Christy Wolf. For more information, please visit us at www.bacnpodcast.com. And if you like what you've heard, check out our other shows like Black Falls, Nerd Vomit, and Fear Agents.